0: You're listening to First City Forum, 97.5 FM.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the First City Forum. I am your host, Joe Williams and today in the studio I have ganja king Eric Reimer <laughs> okay uh, first of all I want to get into it um, First City Forum is brought to you by Providence Properties and Southeast Alaska Orthopedics and today uh, guys uh, this is an and and a grown folks show as, as we like to say it Eric how are you today uh, I'm doing great Joe thanks for having me on it's a real uh, pleasure honor to be here so with the First City Forum i like to get right into it with the introductions who are you and what brought you to Ketchikan?
0: Sure. Uh, well, my name's Eric and I came to Ketchikan in the year 2003 uh, from Carbondale, Illinois. I dropped out of graduate school and came to Alaska to become a commercial fisherman. All right. And
1: at, at, so, okay, so going from commercial fisherman to uh, dispensary owner. I mean, so let's talk more about your career as a commercial fisherman how long were you a commercial fisherman?
0: Yeah, I deckhanded uh, on boats for a couple of years. It's funny. I, I actually started, I came up here to work on a seine boat, right? To catch salmon and have a grand adventure, like get out of school for a minute. And uh, I didn't end up getting a job on a saner. I ended up on a dive boat handing instead. Um, managed to do a couple seasons as deckhand on some really great boats. And I thought to myself, my God, I should do this <laughs> I can do this I could be a diver and so yeah I kind of worked my way up there um, became, became a permit holder on a boat uh, worked for six years with another guy and then bought my own vessel um, and piloted that and captained that for the last seven years and then uh, you know we started up the Stony Moose in 2017
1: Beautiful. Now, going into how you started the Stony Moose, what gave you the idea to for the Stony Moose? Like, what, what brought you and said to say, I'm going to open a dispensary on an island in Alaska? You know, honestly, there's like
0: the story I always tell is uh, sitting around right around Christmas time uh, with my good friends. I was at uh, the Fry's house and had uh, my partner, Mark Woodward, and we were just kind of talking to each other about, you know, joking around. Ha look at this. It's going to be legal. We should open one and you know it was a joke when we said it but then we kind of eye contact and we're like well well maybe we should <laughs> yeah maybe we should open one what's going to happen here and so you know it it was it was a real challenge uh just starting it knowing where to start even um, and then trying to figure it out along
1: the way. It was all brand new. Yeah, because was... the Stony Moose was the first dispensary in Ketchikan.
0: Yep, that's right. We opened our doors on uh, like right before 420. There's a line
1: out the door all the way down the block. Amazing. Yeah. That had to feel good. Your, your opening day having that kind of response from the community.
0: Oh man, it felt great. And I gotta tell you, it was nerve wracking. I mean, to open the door for the first time, I had like the nervous farts, man. It was like, it was butterflies in the stomach and just like, oh my God, this is about to happen. Like all this work, all this time, all this preparation. And
1: now it's like, it's time for it to happen. And, and it was a big deal, you, you know, uh, Alaska's a very conservative state, so uh, it was, a, I remember seeing in, in the paper that the first person who purchased legal cannabis in Alaska from the Stony Moose, so that was just a beautiful thing. So, has, has the uh, cannabis world and the, and the world of, of this always been a passion for you, uh, and has that passion dwindled over time?
0: mm Well, uh, you know, I I have always been passionate about plant medicines in general, um, cannabis being one of them. um, And I think that it's a real, like, you know, you say cannabis. Alaskans, Alaska is a very conservative state and you're absolutely Mm -hmm. right. But Alaskans also really value their individual freedom. I mean, you'll go a lot of places in this world and there's all kinds of different brands of of what it means to be conservative. I mean, you could be fiscally conservative, socially conservative. Um, There's there's a lot of different things that that can mean. But I think that by and large, Alaskans are proud of of themselves, of their state. And they want to, you know, have as much freedom as they can within the confines of the law or within the boundaries of the law. And a lot of times you'll see Alaskans push back against that when, when they don't like what's going
1: on. So yeah, it's been, it's been a, it's been a good journey. I love that. So how did you meet your business partner, your former business business partner, Mark Woodward?
0: Oh, Mark and I go way back. I actually met his wife first. Um, we kayak guided together on what I fondly remember as the worst kayak tour ever. <laughs> we gave a tour this one day. It was like real windy and wavy. Oh, my goodness. We had a group of people that were not exactly fun loving. I mean, there were some people muttered like lee said she overheard one guy saying this is worse than the war and <laughs> someone Jesus. actually got sick and vomited in their lap from oh being seasick so it was a real like it was definitely the the worst tour ever but um yeah we were we were friends from there and then uh mark and i started hanging out and going fishing and camping and we had kids that were the same age so our families just got really close and we were we were good friends for a long time
1: I love that, and it's always those moments where like something seemingly terrible happens that brings you together and it's, and it's the glue that kind of holds those things together all right so I want to go and more into like the uh, into the social and economic aspects of owning a dispensary so dispensaries are quickly becoming major sources of revenue across the United States uh, for, uh, the, from their taxes you know yet you can't use banks. What are your thoughts on that and wh- and where do you see that going in the future do you see that changing do you th- what, what's happening on that front? <clears throat> that's a that's a great
0: question, um, and I think that there's a lot of different ways that it's going. I, I feel that America in general is kind of like recovering from somewhat of a hangover from prohibition. Um, everybody has considered cannabis to be such a negative thing for so long, I mean, it's it's been ensconced as the gateway drug, mm-hmm. right? Which has, by the way, been disproven. That's not actually the case. Um,
1: the, it's no, been not encouraging cannabis use, but we're just, just giving information here.
0: Right, right, right. I mean, this is just like the representation that cannabis has had, the image that cannabis has had throughout the history. I mean, there was the Reefer Madness movie, there was, you know, uh, Nixon's very active um, prosecution of cannabis users and and you know revolutionaries in general um, and and taking that evolution through the years I mean it's just it's classified this plant has been classified as a schedule one drug which means there is no use for it whatsoever it's the worst thing in the world it's like heroin mm-hmm. right and so that uh, the classification by humans juxtapositioned with the fact that we have, uh, in our body, of a specific system designed to work with the chemicals of the cannabis plant—it's called the endocannabinoid system. It's—it works within our body in in very specific ways with this plant to do all kinds of things for our uh,
1: for our general well-being, I should say. Which not every uh, creature has, and not every person has. As to my understanding, not every person can uh, can get the intoxicating high from cannabis.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. Everybody's different. Everyone's biology is different. So, I mean, every, it'll work different with everybody. Absolutely. But the point that I, that I want to put, put out there is like, we, it's just a plant, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's something that grows in nature and to demonize it and to like, think of it as like the bane of
1: society's existence is in my opinion, a really limiting, uh, limiting view. Yeah, and and then going back to the original question a bit, uh, with the beginning of this year, the MORE Act being a, a big uh, talking point, where they were talking about um, uh, legalizing it federally, to where we could use, where you, where you guys could use banks and those kinds of things. Do you see that being a thing? Like, uh, I know that the MORE Act since the election, everything has been kind of put on the back burner with everything. But do you see? Do you have any uh, information? On that front as to where it's going right now Well I have no doubt in my mind That it will be
0: passed It's one of the few things that has Bipartisan support in the country these days I mean everybody realizes that There has to be some sort of uh, Regulation for this Just Industry that's blowing up I mean, across the country, cannabis stocks and businesses are through the roof. Revenue from taxes in states where they've legalized recreational use have skyrocketed. I mean, and in our own town, I mean, we've brought in just a ton of money over the past few years that we've been open and the other shops in town have been open. So, I mean, there's no question in anybody's mind that it is a uh, it's a commodity and it's uh, it's an industry that adds a lot of value to every community that it is is in. And so, sorry, I tend to get distracted here and wander around in these conversations. But uh, to your point, yes, I do think the MORE Act will pass uh, Congress in the next year or two after we're finished dealing with uh, the more pressing concerns that we've we've got going on. And I think that it is going to open up um, the industry in a way that we haven't seen before.
1: Beautiful. Okay, so Ketchikan, um, a lot of people are totally for um, the dispensaries here, but there there is a solid group of conservatives who are who speak um, pretty outwardly against it. So, what do you think about the taboo around cannabis and dispensaries, particularly in a town that once housed upwards of fifty bars, maybe sixty? I, I'm trying to be conservative here, but like you, you know, but this is the the culture we, we live in. but Yet people would still talk and. A negative about this what do you say to to those people well I, I just again
0: i think there's a lot of different brands of conservative and when you're saying that uh there's a conservative uh base here that is anti-cannabis i would i would be curious to like say well what what kind of what are they being conservative for you right. know what is is this a financial conserv- conservative point of view because financially it makes sense to help the cannabis industry financially it will bring jobs it will bring revenue into the community it will bring tourist attraction it's
1: a positive thing in all those regards um, and once again we are not condoning the use of uh, or condoning or promoting the use of cannabis just delivering information here
0: yeah, talking about like what what we're, what the industry is about in the community. So I would I would suggest that any uh, fiscally conservative people don't really have a, um, a, a a bone to pick with the cannabis industry. Uh, socially conservative people, I mean, there's so many groups of folks out there with, and everybody has their different thoughts and opinions on how to act in the world in every regard. Right. And there's always going to be someone that disagrees with you. That's always going to be someone that doesn't, doesn't hold the same values, um, and principles. And that's fine. That's, that's America, man. I mean, that's what we're here for. We, we don't have to agree with each other, but we do have to respect each other and tolerate right. each other. And, 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 To the best of our ability, speak truth uh, about situations. And I just feel that there's a lot of like misinformation out there Mm -hmm. uh, uh, about the social effects of 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 cannabis.
1: I like that. And and, I know that's why I have you on today to kind of to to address the misinformation to kind of clear up a few things. So what are some red tape challenges you are faced with as a dispensary owner that may surprise us? Hmm.
0: Well, there's a lot of uh, regulation that goes along with this industry. I mean, every time we say the word cannabis or show uh, a picture of anything, there's got to be a warning um, Mm -hmm. attached to it. And that's per the state's uh, regulations, right? Um, there's very strict laws about, you know, who is able to purchase cannabis and, you know, as there should be. It's nobody, I don't think on any level, would condone underage use of any substances, right? Um, young brains and bodies have to, like, have their own healthy environments to form. And any kind, time you add something to that, you're kind of getting a big question mark. Um, right. Other, other, I mean, and so to that effect, there are a lot of like really strict laws about uh, the sale and even the presence in uh, a retail store by uh, of underage people. I mean, we te- check three times uh, to see if you're of age while you're in the shop, right? Um, and there's. Th- there's also a lot of laws concerning the transportation and cultivation of cannabis in the state, the manufacturing. I mean, there's a really strict seed-to-sale system that we have in place, and a lot of other states that are legal have in place that follow uh, the the plant from a seedling or clone through its cycle of uh, plant life, vegetative and flowering, into its manufacturing into say an oil or an edible or something, or just sale on the shelf. Like they should know. And I say, they like this, this system and therefore the state knows where every bit of cannabis is in the state at all times. And so when we're looking at like red tape and, and things that we have to deal with on the, that side of things, there's a lot of, there's a lot of safeguards and measures in place to, uh, to really track and, and curtail, Uh, the distribution of cannabis to anybody that shouldn't have it
1: i love that so uh you kind of spoke on this a little bit but i want to ask being an adult product supplier what what challenges do you face keeping your product out of underage hands um well you know
0: it's hard to say i mean the the challenges that we have surrounding our everyday business are kind of designed around that and i wouldn't and i don't think any of those challenges put like a too much of a restriction on our activities either i mean nobody wants to sell anything, like liquor, alcohol, uh, uh, mm-hmm. cannabis, tobacco, any kind of those things to, to an underage person. I mean, there's laws there for a place. And yet, look, we'll still see kids with cigarettes, right? I mean, you'll still see, you'll hear about uh, kids having drinking parties and whatnot. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm not, I grew up, I mean, we all did. If we're being honest with with ourselves, like there's a real curiosity uh, with about these these taboos these forbidden things Mm -hmm. and partially just because they are so taboo and they are so forbidden i mean you'll if if we take uh european culture for for instance i mean there's not such a taboo on underage drinking in italy or spain i mean it's perfectly normal for uh someone that's like 16 years old or or with their family at a family dinner to have a small sip of wine and to and, and to understand what that's all
1: about, it's not like a forbidden thing. It's just another thing. And, and not that we're promoting having <laughs> a, a talk with your uh, with your son or daughter. Uh, we're just giving information here.
0: Yeah, I remember. When I was in college, when I was a graduate student, I took a class called Wines and Vines. And part of this class was a four-day field trip to the surrounding uh, wine vineyards, winemakers, barrel makers um, in this region learning all about these different aspects of wine. And a lot of these vineyards were family businesses. At the end of this field trip, there was a big banquet. There was a 13-course banquet with a different wine served at every course. And part of the game that the professor introduced here was, hey, every table, if you could identify this wine, if you could identify what kind of wine it is and maybe tell us something about its fermentation based on smelling it and looking at it, then your table wins a bottle of that wine. Ah. So we're sitting four to a table and there's the, the guest of honor table up there. And we had some of the um, the vineyard family owners. And there was this little girl there that came along with uh, her mom and husband who were you know the managers and owners of that vineyard. And we just kept trying to get the little girl to help us she (laughs) wasn't drinking wine she had no idea i don't think she probably ever tasted wine in her life but she knew everything about it because she was around it so much like is that a bad thing that's her family business i mean that that's a, a tool for her to grow into and so i'm not sure where i'm going with this but what i'm trying to say is like Kids are around this, okay? And the best thing that we could do, the only thing that we could do that, like, is respectful of their intelligence and their decision-making and their ability to grow into good people is to give them the truth about uh, what, indeed, these substances are all about, who should use them, what they do in your body, because, ultimately, everybody has to make their choices for themselves. I mean, you could tell your kid not to do something a thousand times but until they make that mistake the, the, touching the hot stove you know hey toddler don't touch that stove don't touch that stove don't touch that stove but until they touch it and find out that it's hot and that's not okay then then they're going they're not going to get that
1: message so and once again, we are not promoting kids uh, using marijuana to, to, to touch the stove or to try it out, to know, to know that it's not for them at this time, we're speaking more on the, uh, on the idea that the secret creates the sin, right, They educate on these things so that you know, hey, this isn't that cool, but hey, if you're out, well, anyways. Yes, the secret creates the the, the, the sin. That's a, a saying that I kind of have. Um, because the, the taboo is what makes it enticing to do these things, and you probably wouldn't like it. My my first time, I definitely didn't like it. <laughs>
0: I know people have thrown up, and thank you for reframing that. I'm definitely not trying to right, underage right. youth. I'm just saying we owe it to everybody to educate ourselves and to educate our children about what's really going on out there. Absolutely,
1: and and also speaking on, uh, uh, to, to my understanding. Uh, a big part of what keeps uh, your product out of underaged hands are the very strict ID standards. I mean, even if you're 100 years old, if you have an expired ID, you cannot buy cannabis in Alaska.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, you have to have a valid ID. We're, we're sticklers about this sort of thing. I mean, because number one, it's our, it's our job to follow the law. We're mm-hmm. following the laws that are out there. We want to be as law abiding as uh, a business and citizens as the next person's out there. I mean, so we're not like doing anything that's untoward or, or shady or anything like that. But in addition to that, all of our packaging needs to be child uh, childproof and, and, and child resistant too. So it's hard for, for it to fall into unknowing hands. I mean, toddlers aren't going to get into any of the stuff that we have out there because it's in these packages. Um, ironically, like it's hard for a lot of older folks to get into these packages too for various reasons. I mean, arthritic hands or, you know, I'm
1: being unfamiliar with a, a certain shape or a, it's just tough sometimes. It's like a, a little puzzle. Yeah. Uh, all right, Eric, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I have one more question for you to kind of close it out. Uh, what would you say to those community members who feel your product is harmful, and how would you ease their concerns? And we've touched on this a little bit throughout the um, interview, but let's kind of uh, tie it all in and, and bring it in. You know, uh,
0: I think the only real way to understanding and and acceptance is through uh, communication, is through like a conversation uh, around this with this very specific concerns like I would I would urge anybody that has you know just the most the biggest chip on their shoulder about cannabis in the community to like go and talk to somebody about it I mean talk to you could always come down to the Stony Moose and and open the door and like have a real conversation with people about like what this means in their lives and what this means in the lives of the people that they know like get some real uh perspective on what this means because just because just because you have a certain point of view doesn't mean that everybody has that or that everybody agrees and like again that's what that's what living in America is all about is like respecting other people's point of views even if you don't agree with them so to those people I would say hey how about some education uh, let's like let's look at some examples that you might not be familiar with uh, having to do with cannabis let's like get outside that box and think about these, these things in a different way Um, or, or at least, you know, entertain the option because everybody's entitled to, to their own opinion and, and whatever
1: they want to believe. I love that. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming in and I, and I've got to do a little disclaimer at the end of this marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit forming and addictive marijuana impairs, concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with the consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, kids stay away. Keep out of reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Thank you all so much for tuning into the First City Forum. I am Joe Williams and uh, oh, I'm sorry. Today's show is of course brought to you by Providence Properties and Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I hope you guys have a marvelous day. It's a little drizzly out there, but you know, it's still beautiful and beautiful a can. Thank you guys so much. Have a fantastic day.